The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gray's Academy. And guess what? It's the daytime again. I am one of your hosts, Kelsey. And I am one of your hosts, Carmen, but for me, it's nighttime. I'm recording no, it's from, it's oh. It's oh. earlier in the day where he lives. Uh, it is earlier, but I'm travel. we are your favorite podcast hosts. And it is a beautiful day to podcast and talk about this freaking episode. <laughs> My gosh, it's a good one. Not to spoil anything, but it's good. <laughs> Um, so we're anticipating lots of conversation again. The last couple of episodes we've done, we've ended up breaking into two parts. So we're just going to anticipate that ahead of time this time and structure it so that, um, the episode is broken up easier for you guys. So we're going to plan on two one hour ish episodes. Um, so our first episode is going to cover... Um, Let it be a surprise. Don't even tell them. Surprise things that surprise. didn't even happen in this episode. We're just going to talk about cheese. <laughs> oh, fuck. I do love cheese. Okay. Scale of one to ten. Brie. I mean, it's good. Scale. It's, okay. but I'm but, never going to pick. My first choice is always going to be goat cheese. Always. Oh, that's, Anything. See, my, my, my first choice will never be a goat cheese. That's insane. You're eating the wrong like, cheese. Like, I'm talking Havarti, Gouda, Brie. Sharp. No, I love goat cheese. I love sharp cheddar. I love a sharp yeah. Parmesan. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. Yeah. So I'm Thanks. starving. Yeah, I know. I haven't even eaten lunch yet today. Same. I think White Castle. I'm going to do White Castle for lunch after this. Interesting choice. Mm. I'm going to watch the whole next episode on your potty. No. <laughs> no, you silly goose. Oh, you silly goose. Okay. So. Oh. Oh, my God. Okay. Wait. We have a Discord now. Yes! Oh, <laughs> man! Start. Um, so I like s- hooked everything up to Patreon last night. It's going to be for our Patreon members. So if you are a member on Patreon and you have not gotten an invite to Discord, please tell me because I fully do not understand what I'm doing. Michael is on Discord a lot for other things. So he is like, he has more knowledge. So he's trying to help me figure it all out. But please be patient with me because I'm trying to figure it out. Um, but I did set it up and I fully linked it to the Patreon. And I think some people got invites because some people joined it. So I know some people did. But if you are on Patreon at all, it's going to be for all of our Patreon members, regardless of tier. Um, please let me know if you did not get an invite to that so that we can make sure to sort that out. Um, and if you are interested in being on our Discord, please consider joining our Patreon. Um, yes. And Speaking of Patreon. <laughs> we have... We're going to have multiple threads. So there will be one thread that's like basically where we are on the podcast and Carmen is on that thread. So that so don't will fuck remain it up. <laughs> a no spoilies thread. And then we will have a private. I already made a private thread that Carmen is not going to be allowed to be on um, that we can talk about whatever. And then 
any other threads that people like are interested in making or having whatever, like I'm very, we're very open to um, ideas and like what people want to use that for. Again, I don't really know discord. So I'm like, I'm uh, learning as I go, but if you guys have any other ideas you would want it to be used for, please let us know because we definitely like want to make sure people are enjoying it and getting, getting good use out of it. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, speaking of Patreon, we have a new Patreon patron who also I met via Instagram. Shout out to our friend, Josie. Uh, Really appreciate you being a Patreon subscriber, but also I I reached out and I was I was uh, messaging her a little bit. Uh, she also thinks we're very funny. So mm, anyone well, who thinks that we're so funny, <laughs> obviously I love you. You're great. Um, but uh, so <laughs> she was saying that she she actually gets uh, looks from her coworkers because she'll be laughing at work sometime listening to our podcast. Yeah, I love it when we make people actually laugh out loud. Yes, because I feel but like she- I feel so much joy when I listen to podcasts and I actually laugh out loud. I'm like so funny. Yeah. But she said her favorite part of the show is that when my predictions are correct and she uh, she side eyes Kelsey in in her brain because obviously <laughs> she can't tell me that I'm right. 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 Um, so and she also uh, is is on board with our Brooklyn Nine Nine references. So yes. she's a bit she's a big fan. Um, she, <laughs> uh, remember that scene in in Brooklyn Nine Nine when Captain Holt yells. Um, like he just goes bone <laughs> when no. Jake Peralta says, oh, okay, I'll have to figure out which episode it is. But like, there's one episode where Jake Peralta says that. And, um, uh, Captain Holt like yells back bone. Like he just, he just, he just, he just says bone and in his voice, in his voice. Uh, so anyways, it's, she said that I remind her of Captain Holt, which everyone should think of me as Captain Holt. I'm incredible. I love when, um, Amy is late and they're all taking bets on why. And then he's yes. like, hot damn, <laughs> <laughs> which I think I read an article that that was not either that wasn't scripted or that wasn't how he was originally going to deliver it. So everyone like being shocked is actually like what happened. Everything that he does is gold. Same thing with Andy Samberg. It's, there, I just, it's a good cast. It's a good cast. Uh, it's an all star cast. OK. Crazy Anatomy. <laughs> Are there any other shout outs? Are there any, do you want to just, just tell people our, I don't think there's any more shout outs, but tell people our socials. Too. Oh, okay. Not our social um, security numbers, <laughs> like our social. <laughs> I do have yours memorized. Um, yeah. Do you know Jessica's social security number? Absolutely, I do. Yes. I do not know Michael's, and I go to, a, I am on his insurance, and I should know it by now because I have to write it down all the time. And I am always in doctor's offices calling him and being like, tell me your social, because he won't text it to me. So I'm like, tell me your social security number. <laughs> so I, and I should have it memorized by now. And I just do not. I also do yeah. not have my children's memorized. Uh, I don't have Marlo's memorized, but I have Jess's memorized. I just don't need Marlo's memorized right now. Yeah. You, well, yeah. If you're not the person filling out all the forms, then probably not. Yeah. I, I need Jessica's for... Um, all the loans that I'm taking out in her name so I can mm. run away to Mexico. Right, right. I forgot about that plan. Yeah. As long as you take the podcasting equipment. Absolutely. Um, okay, so you can follow us on Instagram at Grey's Academy Pod. Um, you can follow us on Twitter for now because if that motherfucker starts charging, I'm not going to pay him any money to be on that app. So... <laughs> um, 
they we're on the twitters i mostly i don't post as much on twitter but i use it to like i don't tweet on our page as much i tweet like when we have new episodes um but i mostly am like conversing with people that i find other like places having Grey's anatomy conversations um because carmen's not attached to that profile so i will have spoily related conversations with people um and then you can find us individually on instagram carmen.gabriel.official chaotically kelsey um and you can email me at graysacademypod at gmail.com and you can find our patreon on the link tree on our instagram bio or the episode description yes also you love getting those emails don't you like there's always just so much good love when i get emails from people even if it's literally just being like this is what I do when I listen to the podcast and it makes me giggle. I loved it when Carmen got this wildly wrong and it was so crazy that he got this thing correct. Yes. Carmen's He's a champion. Medium. You could just email Kelsey letting her know how great I am. Maybe I'll just start making fake email accounts and I'll just send them to you. <laughs> I know you won't do that. You're not committed enough to time. <laughs> I'm going to do it now. Oh, I... I forget what I was going to say. Oh, you did get some some predictions very wrong in this episode, and it warmed my my heart. I think I got every single prediction right in this episode. In very incorrect. <laughs> well, you'll have to tell me which ones I got wrong, because in my mind, I'm right. Well, shocking. <laughs> that, that's fair. Yeah. Everything oh, I do, I think oh. I'm right. Um, okay. This is episode 96 overall. We are so close to 100. It is the 18th episode of the fifth season. It is called Stand By Me. And that is a song. Yes. Stand By Me is a song originally by Ben E. King and uh, released in 1961. April 24th, 1961. It's the song Um, you're thinking like if when yes. I say "Stand by Me," it's the song that you're thinking. Yeah, when Stand the night. Ah. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's great, great song. Obviously, one of the most covered songs over just generations. Yeah. Um, most notably, in my mind, in my humble opinion, is the John Lennon version. Um, but there's there's just so many versions that are out there. So. Um, but my personal favorite is the John Lennon version, which I'll get to in a second. But uh, Stand By Me, originally in 1961, had reached number one in the U.S. Hot R&B uh, Billboard charts. Number one in the Billboard Hot 100. Or sorry, number four in the Billboard Hot 100. Number three in the Cashbox Top 100. And then it reached number 27 in the U.K. and 16 in Canada, which is pretty impressive. Um I'm always just impressed by non-Beatles hits in the 60s. Uh, and granted, I don't think the Beatles were there yet. I think it was 63 or 64, a little bit later. Um, but anyways, uh, this also had a little bit of a resurgence when the movie Stand By Me came out in the 80s. Mm-hmm. It uh, hit number nine on the Billboard Hot 100, number one in, in uh, the U.K., uh, number 10 on the adult contemporary charts, three in Switzerland, eight in Sweden, nine in Norway, seven in the Netherlands, one in Ireland, one in Canada, 82 in Australia, 17 in Italy, 20 in France. Like it just was the the, the movie must have been great because what is that uh, movie about? Because I am definitely thinking of the wrong one and I know that I know that movie. 
but I am There's a movie of my called girl. Stand By Me. Yeah, I know, but what was it about? I've never seen it. Wasn't it about children being friends? Hold on, let's look this up. Stand By Me. The plot of Stand By Me, the movie. Plot of Stand By Me, the movie. There we go. Uh, plot, 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 plot. Because I'm plot. definitely just thinking of my girl in my head, and that's wrong. But that's also uh, a <laughs> There's a writer, Gordon Gordy Lachance, reads a newspaper article about a fatal stabbing. Something uh, brings back in him when he was 12 years old and his best friend were searching for the body of a missing boy named Ray Brower near Castle Rock, Oregon. And his parents ignored him as a child. This is a very in-depth. This is like a 12-paragraph. <laughs> I'm just trying to find... Gosh, what is this movie I, about? I <laughs> who is where's in this? It? Uh, hold on, I'm looking up the IMDb now. Oh my god, everyone there, is there screaming. are people. We're gonna get actually yes. so many messages being like, I cannot believe you haven't seen this movie. Well, believe it, I haven't fucking seen Titanic. Okay, guys, everyone, leave me alone. I haven't seen the second half of Titanic, and that story is a tragic one for Patreon. We'll talk about that sometime. Okay, it's Will, Will Wheaton, Wheaton and River Phoenix. Oh, and yep. Corey Feldman. Okay, yeah, this is like. Oh, and Kiefer. This is Kiefer yeah, Sutherland. This is very like '80s cast. Yeah, this is yeah. the one where they they like see a dead body. I think. Yeah, something like that. After the death of one of his friends, a writer recounts his childhood journey with his boys trying to with his friends trying to find the body of a missing boy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you go, Gordy. Good job, 80s. Not not to be mistaken yeah, this is the one, with yeah, the because movie they're Pig like, Gordy. They're on the railroad tracks. Yeah, I I definitely like know of this film. Yeah. And also, the railroad track scene you're thinking of is not Homeward Bound with the Golden Labrador Retriever. This is a different movie. Yeah. It's also not Red October. Or oh, I did not know this was based on a Stephen King novel. Ah, isn't that a horror movie? Isn't he a horror writer? He typically is, yeah. But I do think, you know, if you found a body as a child, that could be mildly horrific. It is. Not mildly. It's it, That's <laughs> just horrific. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, yeah. So, uh, that, that obviously uh, helped get a resurgence of the song. And then, specifically the John Lennon version I wanted to just talk about here, it... Uh, reached number 20 on the Billboard Hot 100, 22 uh, in Germany, 13 in Canada, and then 30 in the UK. So um, that was written for, that was actually the last single he wrote before a quick like five-year retirement from music. So he did a cover, um, which was which was very well received. So uh, I do not have the Ben E. King version, but I do have the John Lennon version in my iTunes library, which gives this a five out of five, love the song. And it's one of those ones where you can't help but sing along and jam to. Stand by me. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> with that, <laughs> this podcast is now just Kelsey bebobbing to the song. Uh, and after this, My we're going to go on a on a journey to find a dead body. Mm. Are you going to come here, or am I going to come there? And we'll meet halfway and see what happens. Was gonna is that make not a an crass option? Joke. But I will mm. not make it. Mm. Listen, I was trying to <laughs> I was trying to get out there, but you know. I know, I know. Alas. Okay. Alas. Um, okay. So this episode was written by Zoanne Clack, we have seen many times before, directed by Jessica Yu, we have also seen. 
aired March 19th, 2009, uh, 14.67 million views. And the Netflix synopsis is after his fellow surgeons try and fail to bring Derek back to work, Meredith must summon the strength to convince him. And that's a garbage synopsis. Terrible synopsis. It doesn't zero out of five Netflix. <laughs> yeah, that just misses so many other. Also, like she plots. doesn't have to summon the strength. Like she has a like she just go, he calls her, and she yeah. goes like it's not and that it's poorly it's bad that's a bad synopsis. <laughs> My real question is: Is Meredith a doctor or a god? Doctor. Oh god. Okay. She manifests sorry. all of her strength. Or sorry, sorry summons listeners. Yeah. Goodness Busted gracious. Eardrums. Okay. Um All right, folks. Well, we're 16 minutes in. Let's get into it. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna start with Christina and Izzy. Let's just dive right into this shit. So obviously we open up the show. With mm-hmm. them in the kitchen, right? Yeah. And they're they're reading these books. So they're being super sketchy. Alex walks in. Also, Alex does this thing that I kind of hate that a lot of men do, where he says something super condescending in a nice way and thinks it's a compliment. When he's like, oh, I already flew solo. You're on training wheels. Kiss. And then walks away. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, just you don't even know right now, Alex. You don't yeah. even know. Yeah. Also, a trope that I hate is like when people are like obviously hiding something, and the other person's just like, mm, "Okay, yeah, keep hiding <laughs> like, it. You keep your you secrets." Would, no one would literally ever do that. Like, no, I'd, no one. Would I would that. literally start ripping I would be through like, that. I shit. will just take that away from you and look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Goodness. That's, um. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's how we get the start of it. And this... Christina is very invested in helping, which is not yeah. what you thought was going to be happening. Not what I thought. No. What did I say? Did I actually give a prediction? Yeah, this is what you're most wrong about. Because you said that she was going to um, not tell anybody. And she was going to pr- talk to Hunt and basically be like what would you do if you had a patient that did this but she wasn't going to tell anybody and then she fucking did yeah (laughs) i was like that's wrong (laughs) sorry guys there's a chance i was maybe wrong um also she interacted with hunt like zero in this episode so um okay so yeah there christina has already put in it's been three days ish vaguely that's what i'm that's that's what i was gonna ask context clues it's been about three days got it since the the baseball hitting the ring yeah standing on the vent everything um so christina has pulled a lot of research for izzy she's been trying to get she's trying to get her an appointment with a really good oncologist in the hospital um she is like talking to Izzy, like pushing her to, you know, look into this, take these appointments, like call in sick cause she's sick. Um, and Izzy is just being super weird. And Christina is obviously 
confused and frustrated by like what Izzy was doing when she told her, um, which is a conversation that they have later on in the episode. But Izzy is just kind of like brushing it all off and being like, blah, whatever. I can, I can still go to work. I can like handle all this stuff. And Christina is, they're both. Well, Izzy's trying not to be affected in like a distracted way, but she's affected in an emotional way. And Christina is enough, is affected in a distracted way. Yes. Yeah. And so, it's it's clearly bleeding over into her solo surgery patient, which she yeah. gets. And, and we'll get this to that Kim. in a minute. Yeah. Um, the thing that really frustrated me about this, this whole interaction, and it's a bit tropey of, oh, you got this terrible news. You're going to like brush it off or not take it seriously. We, we get to uh, the point where it, it, throughout the episode, I was like, okay, but like, what, like, what's your, like, what's your goal, Izzy? Like, what, what are you doing? You're, why, why even bring, why even tell anyone at that point? Like, is it just to make yourself feel better? Um, like, you can't carry this secret? Uh, I don't know. It, we, it, there's like a lot that happens with this particular storyline that I'm kind of left wondering why. Yeah. And clearly so is Christina. Um Yeah, it's I mean, it's obviously a choice to tell Christina. We talked about that some last week with you know, they don't have the bond obviously that Izzy has with anyone else. Um but it's not like, yes, she says you don't like me, but that does not mean she doesn't care about her. You know what I mean? Like, clearly she does care about her. Um, also, we know that Christina is, you know, more type A and more like problem solving, go by the book. These are the solutions, blah, blah, all this stuff. Um, and so it's not super surprising that this is how to me, it's not super surprising that this is how she reacts. Um, because she's like, okay, here's a problem. I will going to solve the problem. Yeah. Cause that's what science is. <laughs> yeah. Well then, so the distractedness that you mentioned, so obviously it, ble- it bleeds over. We find out that Christina gets to fly solo. Bailey's like, Hey, you're up. You're going to the big leagues. Like this is fucking happening. Mm-hmm. But the entire time that that sweet old lady is like trying to ask christina questions she's on her phone she's trying to get her what's the name of the oncologist she's trying to get her into dr swinder dr swinder um and what's the what's patient's name kim uh well in in gray's anatomy she's lane kim's mom so she's mrs kim but in this she's mrs sully mrs sully who's lane kim rory gilmore's best friend no god my god Oh boy! Podcast over. Okay. Uh, The uh, revival was better than the original, anyways. I will kill you. (laughs) It is fall. You will not speak those heinous lies (laughs) during the la la time of year. Oh goodness! Uh, My car's name is Lorelai, but not after Gilmore Girls. I know. Um, What will you name your next car? Lorelai. That's. Wildly uncreative. All okay. I'll maybe, maybe I'll, Samantha, Samantha oh, Kelsey. <laughs> uh, 
Also, wait, that that was I think I just spoiled like a like a, a potentially fun Patreon reveal because your Discord name is S Kelsey and I was like, that's funny. I like that. Have we not talked about that on this podcast? I, I don't know. We've been doing this for so long that I genuinely don't even know what people know about. We us are at coming this point. up on two years. Um, that's crazy. Yes, my so, first name is Samantha. Second name my is also name is Samantha. Kelsey. No, my middle, middle name, name is Kelsey. Kelsey. Samantha. I feel like Samantha, we did Kelsey. talk about this because I feel like you made that joke, but maybe that was that other podcast that we used to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which one? So, I don't know, hard to say. Uh, Anyways, okay. so, so yeah, Christina's like clearly brushing this lady off. Mm-hmm. What's her, sorry? What the fuck is her name? Miss Sully. Sully, gosh, I didn't even like. I clearly am not doing a good job remembering these patients' names. Uh, she's just hernia lady, and That's in fair. my notes, yeah, I feel a little bit bad for her. You know, Christina's I feel like super bad for her. I was trying to think like of experiences I've had with doctors, um, and I don't feel I've lucky. Luckily, never felt that. Well, that's not true. One time when I was trying when I was here. In Chattanooga, I think it was after college, but before I had moved to Florida and I was trying to find a therapist and I went and had a meeting with this one therapist and I was like, got there early. They like, let me go in the office to wait. And there was just like boxes everywhere, like everywhere, like files. And she came in and she was like, I thought it was like going to be a talk therapy session. And she was like, didn't sit down the whole time. She's like running around looking at all her shit and she just like then was like, oh, OK, well, I'll just give you a prescription. And then it was like 10 minutes of FaceTime. And then she just like left. And I was like, what is happening? It was unpleasant. I was like, that's why finding a therapist is exhausting because you have to find one that like vibes with you. And that is not my vibe. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but for the most part, I've had not that experience with doctors, but I would imagine, especially um, if it was like surgical, that would be super frustrating. Yeah. And it's, I get why Christina's distracted. I think that if she would have just said, hey, there is another patient that I'm working with, or if she said anything, this sweet old lady seems to be understanding, but yeah, she's missing she's this trip. patient. Yeah. She's a patient patient, and mm-hmm. she's missing this trip with her friends, and they're in Europe somewhere. They're on, yeah, you know, and she's like, I just have these questions that my friends wrote down. Mm-hmm. And when she finally does get him to Christina's, like, this, what the fuck? Is this a fucking joke? Like, what the fuck is this? Bye. Yeah. I have a phone call to make on my razor, <laughs> my fucking flip phone. But, anyways, Christina and Izzy. Yes. So, um, yeah, after, so Izzy gets put on Mark's case, which we'll talk about later in the episode. Um, and Christina immediately is like, you shouldn't be on this case. And Izzy's like, I'm fine. Um, and Christina would then, when Bailey is putting out other assignments, Christina gets told she gets her first solo surgery. It's a hernia patient. That's Miss Sully. So Christina is still trying to get Izzy an appointment. She's calling in favors from people. She used to know all this stuff. And that's why she's so distracted. And cause that's where her head is at. Which, like, we know Christina is not, like, the warmest when it comes to bedside manner, but she is focused. She's not normally, like, this distracted, like, all over the place kind of person. Because that's just not, like, her personality. Um, Because she 
is very much like a hundred percent, you know, committed when she is in something, but that's why she's distracted work-wise. Cause she's really committing more to like solving the Izzy problem. Right. <clears throat> Sorry. I had a burp. Um, you're good. And so then, yeah, Miss Patient, Miss Patient. Oh my God. Miss Sully is being very patient with her. <laughs> She's like, I'm trying to find these questions that I have. And Christina's like, I'll get to your questions when I come back to do the exam, blah, blah, all this stuff. So then she gets the questions. Then Christina gets another phone call and like shoves the questions in her pocket, blah, blah, all this stuff. Um, so then. Christina, again, while doing all this, is also trying to find Izzy and being like, this is we get the scene at the lunch table. The enema. Oh, great, great scene. <laughs> First of all, it's been George? ages since we've had all five of them at a lunch table together. Ages. Yes. So that was great to see. We just need to take a second and acknowledge George has been on this from day one. Literally. He even calls out at the table. He's like, hey, Izzy, you want to tell us what an enema really fucking is, you dumb bitch? Yeah. And then no one else says anything. Alex doesn't say anything. Meredith doesn't say anything. No one says anything. Yeah, they just let it go. It's really bizarre. So this is like the breakdown of the whole George thing is like, I don't know, like if TR Knight was like filming something else or what he was doing because he just like didn't really have anything going on for several episodes. And then they're like bringing him back and they're like, you know, the ex the retconning was like, oh, I've you know, I'm backing off because you're with Alex, blah, blah, all this stuff. And so now he's like, it's like, hey, remember how George is like actually a really good friend for Izzy? Which I've never questioned, like, as a friend, I've, they ha they do have, like, a bond that made made a lot of sense to me. And so... Especially the sex. No. And so <laughs> when he, like, you know, ages ago, when she's having sex with Denny the ghost, is, like, um, you know, something's wrong with Izzy and Meredith, like, something's wrong with all of us. Okay, not the point. Uh, selfish much but yeah and then, way to you make know, this about you it's, he sees gosh. izzy like having her emotional fallout with sloan the sloan situation in this episode he's like on it but he's not being that pro like he is trying to do something but he's not like pushing anything it's just really weird it's you you can call it out without with a lack of assertiveness and that's what he's doing he's like Hey, I want it. I want you all to know that I know something's off, but like, I'm not going to do anything about it. It's fine. Well, like, because he feels the, the whole, like, oh, I've backed off because of Alex thing. Like it makes sense as to why he's not pushing stuff, especially like, I think if you also look at it from the mindset of like how damaging it was to their relationship when Izzy was like, oh, I hate Callie. She's a dumb piece of shit. And you made a terrible mistake by marrying her. Um, <laughs> while meredith was dying uh, uh, remember that? <laughs> yeah that fucking monologue i forgot about the monologue <laughs> izzy why do i care about you you just made uh i forgot about that gosh you're um, Catherine heigl you're lucky you're just so beautiful like you're a dynamic character and you're dying now so so yeah so then what was I saying? Oh, because of that, he doesn't like, you know, potentially maybe he's seeing this as like, is, is she being, is something going on with her because her relationship with Alex is bad. Like, I don't want to be in that same position where I'm like, Hey, you shouldn't be in a relationship with this person because like of what happened last time. So it's just like super weird. And I think maybe you can kind of take that as the assumption of like why he's not like getting anywhere with this conversation. Of like knowing something's wrong. I don't know. Anyways, so basically 
he is on. Yes. Yeah, so they're at the lunch table. Christina sits down and she's like, can you go to your fucking appointment? And Izzy's like, can I eat? And Christina's like, no, literally go to your appointment. And Izzy does not. Um, like a spoilers. dummy. Yeah. yeah. It's so annoying. That actually, like, I'm kind of can see where she's coming from for some of the episode and like not really wanting to talk about it at length, but I don't understand the blowing off of the appointment. That one really pissed me off, especially seeing us seeing us, the watchers, the audience, the watcher, what the fuck the audience seeing the, how hard Christina is working to get this appointment. We're all just voyeurs watching people live this life <laughs> through yeah. a box. Um, so that she, also annoyed me too. That's yes. like, if I, would if I put a recommendation in for you for like a job interview and then you're like, and I, I get the interview. Yeah. And then and you I'm just like, yeah, either you no show me an interview and then I just don't go. Yeah. Dumb. Yeah. Cause it wasn't even like, there wasn't a follow up of like, Hey, thank you so much for allowing me in Dr. Swinder. But like, I, I can't make doesn't it. doesn't go. No call. It's no in show the freaking hospital. Yeah. You're literally dumb. here. Just yeah. walk your ass up two stories. Ride the yeah. freaking elevator. I don't know. Ugh. Anyways, okay. So, uh, so they're at the lunch table and they're talking and then Alex, Meredith, and George come and sit down and that's when they switch to an enema. For Enemas. <laughs> Izzy's like, it's the enema. And you can see her face be like, why did I say that? Yeah, because um, like there's there's no shit. dignifying <laughs> thing to talk about with a fucking yeah. enema. And Christina's like, yeah, Izzy's enema. She said she's been super backed up for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> they have to have some golden outtakes for that episode. <laughs> it's so weird. And they're just like talking. And Alex is like, well, if you're constipated, like, should you really be eating these French fries? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Again, condescending. Meredith's Meredith's concern is like, wait, Christina, why would you make her an appointment for an anima? Like, that's what Meredith is like. Why would you spend your time making an appointment for Izzy? Which is fair, because, like, she wouldn't do that. That's weird. And then that's when George is like, Izzy, what is anima code for? And Izzy's like, oh, my anima, my business, and just leaves. Okay. And no one questions it. Because the whole... The whole episode, Meredith is like, I need to ignore everything that could be happening in this hospital if it doesn't reflect professional business. and Or uh, is about me and my relationship. Right. Uh, the, there, I will say there was like kind of this comedic moment where obviously Christina confronts Izzy and she's like, well, what are they going to call me? Swiss cheese for brains. <laughs> and Christina has the line of the episode, which I had to look up this word, by the way. Um, oh, okay. She's like, no, that's awkward and long. Blowhole is Blowhole's pithy. pithy. <laughs> yeah. Which for anyone who doesn't know what the word pithy means, it means concise. Uh, and um, it's like quick wit. Like, oh, it's yeah. quick and funny. Ha ha. Pithy. Yeah. Snappy. Yeah. So I had to look that up, but I was like, pithy. And I had, I had to watch that episode. That, that I put the, turned the titles on, the subtitles. And I was like, what, what did she say? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just... So she she we, she gets to that point where she's like, I don't even know if I want to do this. Like, I don't think I want to do this at all. And Christina has the great question of like, then why even fucking tell me? Yeah, that's a really good scene. I really like that scene. It's a like great scene. scene. 
What was what was your thought going through that moment? Because obviously, any anything that's Christina, obviously you're you're a big fan of. Like, yeah. If you're trying to put yourself into the mindset of Christina in that moment, what what's going through your head as the watcher and as a fan of Christina? So for me, this episode is super relatable because you do see like a more vulnerable like personal relationship side with Christina. Like, yes, she is being type a type, very problem solving about this, but because she cares about Izzy and we see that in this scene first, because she's pushed, she's like, why would you tell me like, you're not dumping this on me and dying in my arms. And that's right. when Izzy's like, um, I don't even know if I want to fight. And, and then Christina's like, you know why I don't understand what the point was. And then Izzy just says, pretend I didn't tell you or whatever and leaves. And like the way Christina reacts when she leaves to me, I think is very telling. Like, yes, it's a silent moment, but she's like got her hands on her mouth and she just sits down. Like she, at that point, she's like at a loss because Izzy has confided in her the secret. And I think she was okay keeping the secret when she thought that Izzy was going to get treatment. But the realization right. that she now knows that Izzy is actively choosing to do nothing and dying and no one else knows. And like the problem solving there is out the window. She, right. she has done everything in her power and it's not working. She doesn't want Izzy to die. She cares about Izzy. Yes. She might not like her. They're not besties. They don't have that connection that Izzy and George have or Meredith and Christina have, but she cares about her. She's, I don't know if you would say friends, but she cares about her. They are like connected because you know, they have, they've been through their program together. They have a connection. And so that realization, and then also when her patient then before the surgery is like, I might, this might, I might be like a batty old lady to you. And this might be a silly procedure, but like, this matters to me. And like, I'm afraid and I want you to reassure me because you're my doctor. And then that also, I think is a very grounding moment for Christina to be like, okay, I have, I am in a headspace where I don't know what to do because my problem solving isn't working. And then this woman is being like, because Christina knows she's a good doctor. So basically this woman is like, you aren't making me feel like you're going to do a good job as my doctor. Yeah. And And so that we get, hold, hold on, hold on. We get, we get her, her response to that. But first we have a quick message from our regional sponsors. One of the best things about finishing a great book is knowing that you have another one ready to go in your to-be-read pile. With Book of the Month, you can make sure that your to-be-read pile stays stocked and ready to go. Each month, you can use the app to select from five to seven titles vetted and curated by the team at Book of the Month, focusing specifically on debut authors and early releases. If you can't choose just one, you can always upgrade and add more from your selection. And if that TBR pile starts to get a little too tall, you can skip as many months as you need to give yourself a little extra time to catch up on what you have. Personally, I am a huge fan of suspense and psychological thrillers, so I was very excited to see multiple books on the selection list for May that fit that description. I selected two different titles, both of which are set in Washington State, just like our favorite show, Grey's Anatomy. I thoroughly enjoyed The Return of Ellie Black, the first thriller novel from Amiko Jean, and have Middle Tide by Sarah Crouch ready to read on my road trip next week. Right now, you can sign up for Book of the Month and use code PEDALS to get your first book for only $5. That's code PEDALS, P-E-T-A-L-S, to get your first book for only $5. Watch out for that blue box at your door and get your TBR pile stocked and ready. 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. All right, and we are back. So, Kelsey, what does she say at that point to sweet old Miss Sully? She says, like, this is not just any procedure to me. Um, this, this matters to me just as much as you, like it's going to be okay. And then, so they put her under and Christina realizes for it to be okay, she has to be in it Yeah, and to be able to give a hundred percent, she cannot have this like life altering secret anymore. So she has a pause and Alex and Bailey are like, what the fuck is happening? And so then before she starts, she looks up and she's like, Izzy has stage four skin cancer and it is in her brain. She is resisting treatment and she needs help. And it's just like, whew, the weight is lifted. I can do my job now. Which, gosh, the, the writers who, who, um, who was the, the writer for this episode again? Zoanne Clack. When you think of not only how these writers are making this episode kind of the arc that we're seeing within this episode but like sandra oh the the way that she acted christina in this episode it's just on a different level because you you see that she's clearly internalizing this and she does care about izzy even if it is purely from a medical standpoint she has never cared about any of her patients that i can remember to this point the way that she's caring about izzy and her treatment right and even then, this is her first solo surgery on a make or break her entire career kind of like pivotal moment. Yeah. And you see that there's a flip, that uh, a switch that she could just flip. She says, fuck, I'm about to ruin this. Hey, guys, I need to get this off my chest. And once I do it, I'm washing my hands of it. And <laughs> it's your problem now, Alex and Bailey. Uh, now I'm going to do my solo surgery to continue yeah. my career. And it's not a bad thing. It's not like a robotic thing. It's just no, like. And it's not. I don't think it's selfish either. Because no. at this point, what. Yeah, like, yes, it is so that she can be in her job. But also like she is. She doesn't know what to do about Izzy anymore. And she's, she's carrying like, all that weight by herself, too. And yeah. so is Izzy. They need their group together. Yeah. And that's. And, you know, Izzy comes to that through her own. Through her own um, storyline with with Mark's patient. Um, but. Like she also didn't is, get a choice because Christina <laughs> made that choice for her, <laughs> but she, but she isn't mad about it. She doesn't fight it. Right. Like she's like, thank you. But so yeah, Christina is, she has, I don't think that it was a choice made lightly because she is looking at it more like it's worth Izzy being mad if she doesn't die or go through it alone. Right. Um, and, and also, so, so Miss Sully doesn't die if she botches yeah. the surgery. <laughs> also, she needs though, to tour Russia. Thinking of the um, real life ramifications of that is that are they all just standing in silence while she does this surgery now? Right. <laughs> or does like, Alex walk out? That. Does um, Bailey say, "Alex, you should go. Like you're good." 
Um, That's your girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> but to like wrap up on this storyline afterwards, she goes and finds Izzy and she's like, I told Alex and Bailey and they're telling Meredith and George. And for what it's worth, I do think you should fight this. And Izzy's like, so good. Goosebumps. Thank you. Izzy says like, it's, and cause I think Christina's fully prepared for her to be like, never talk to me again. And Izzy's like, thank you. And I think also you kind of see a weight lift off lift off of Izzy as well, because and yeah. I kind of took it as though like, it's easy for her to tell Christina because they don't have that emotional connection. So the fact that then Christina has taken the weight off of Izzy of having to tell these people that are going to have this big emotional reaction. Um, I think that is kind of something that Izzy was avoiding doing because she doesn't want to have like all of these like conversations of like, Oh my God, like all the big reactions. So I think that she kind of realizes she's like, wait, so now everyone knows that I'm not the one that had to tell them. Yeah. And then also realizing that she's now going to have like support throughout this. And then it ends with them all like getting Izzy in a hospital gown and putting her in a bed. And like, she's a patient now she's on the other side of it. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of things that I wanted to specifically call out. I like that there is this, that you get a full circle arc for kind of their relationship in just two episodes. You see Izzy tell Christina the, a, I know that we don't have that kind of relationship, Mm -hmm. but here's what's up. I need to tell someone. And it ends with Christina kind of coming back and saying like, Izzy, like, we do have that kind of relationship. It yeah. just oh, looks also different. in that scene after Izzy says, thank you. And they just sit there and then Christina takes her hand and like holds her hand. Yeah. That I think so, is also so a big deal because of who Christina is. And that's not right. like at all the kind of person she is. So it's like a moment of reassurance for both herself and Izzy. Yeah. Cause even, even like with all of the, the Derek and Meredith stuff, you never really see Christina use physical touch as a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. And granted Meredith and Izzy are two very different people. And maybe that's just Christina knowing being, being smart in that moment of saying it's worth more to Izzy for me to hold her hand than it means yeah. to me to not. Um, the, o- the only other thing I wanted to call out on this particular storyline that I actually didn't like was that Bailey was the one who tells George. Why? I, I, because they're, I, I have a hard time understanding where they want us to believe their relationship is at George and Izzy. Like I would have liked to have seen Izzy be the one who breaks that to George. I'm glad still, like I'm not, I'm not heartbroken because Bailey and George have an amazing relationship as we've seen, but I just feel like, if you're going to have George kind of like say all of these things and he's like, he's noticing, I wish that it would have just been Izzy gets like, he, he gets that, um, not vindication, but a little bit of a vindication of like, George, I thank you for noticing me. This is what's up. Um, not that like I'm up, I'm not upset. I just wish it would have looked a little bit different, but I still like that Bailey, there was someone that is close to George who, who told him, um, but yeah, it was it was tough to see her in in patient's clothes at the end, and and yeah. she's I'm getting a CT scan or or some sort of were they about to put her? Were they just oh, was no, she's on the just, bed or she's just in the room? For some reason, I I'm remembering the end of that scene because I only watched it once, and it was at two o'clock in the morning last night, <laughs> uh, where they're about to put her in like for a scan or something. So it no, was just no, the she's bed. just getting in the bed. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it great great episode for them. 
just it's 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 crazy. But I can't imagine being in that that operating room after Christina drops that bomb. Yeah, I'm just like, do we just are we just in silent? Are we just operating in silence now? And I imagine that there any follow up questions. <laughs> I also just imagine because there's this rotating staff of people who are doing other things that there's like three or four of them in the corner going, oh, guys, who's Izzy? Like, <laughs> you know, uh, the anyways, anything else that you have? And I also there was was there another topic for this first part of the first episode that you wanted to talk through today i don't remember yeah there there was but i feel like i don't know if it's gonna go long we'll do it anyways um we're gonna do mark's patient because that is also in the izzy storyline uh fuck uh (laughs) (laughs) it's fine let's just just let's go this one will just maybe be a little longer than an hour it's good so I assume that this is the kind of medical drama that you come to the Grey's Anatomy show for. A Absolutely. face transplant. The moment where Alex is holding a full face up like a fucking piece of baloney, yeah. I'm like, Carmen loves this shit. Yeah, this is this... the moment that Carmen's like, yes, intestines in the hand. Yes, it was. And also, like, he picks up the face and he's like, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> like, just teenage boy transport. Like, Alex is transported yeah. back to being a teenage boy. Um, yeah. yeah, no, this this episode and this storyline, I I want you all to know actual tears. No physical, way. physical crying. Aww, and I'll tell you this. You. I'll tell you the scene specifically that we get that unless you can guess what scene it is. Please don't call my dear friend ugly. Uh, yeah, that whole scene. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Fuck. All right, we'll get to it. We'll get to okay. it. But spoiler alert: <sighs> tears, actual crying. Wow, that's amazing. Look at you with feelings. Okay. Well, Marlo ruined me. Actually, I know she did. <laughs> gosh, in the best way. Everything makes me emotional now all the time. I'm crying right now. Oh my god, look at that. <laughs> um <laughs> so uh so we have Dave Young. He was in he he got burned in an accident like 12 years prior, so he has a lar like the scarring from the burn. Well, first of all, it like burned a large amount of his skin and muscle off, and then the scarring is obviously like horrific. It's across half of his face and he has like no mouth basically. So they have dubbed him blowhole, which is mm, offensive. Not very doctorly. But pithy. But pithy. Swiss cheese for brains? No, that's <laughs> awkward and long. Um, and so um everyone's working on it. Like all well, it's a big deal. This case is obviously a big deal. This is not something that happens all the time. It has happened in the real world. Um, but this does not happen all the time. Mark has been, he says multiple times that he's worked on it for like three years, trying to find the best candidate and, um, you know, making sure they've got the, a matching donor and all this stuff. And so they have a donor, they have Dave. Um, he is going, they're going to peel this other guy's face and put it right on top of his. Um, so, I don't even know where to start. It's like so seared in my brain. This. Well, my... let's start with just the interns being insensitive as fuck. And clearly it's affecting Izzy. Yeah. Um, so that's where Izzy's 
um, burden from her secret is coming in is again, not distracted on the facts of the case, but emotionally invested, which obviously she already is that kind of person. Like that's what has been established time and time again. Um, but the, the overreaction in front of the patient doesn't make it any better. So right. She keeps hearing the interns. Yeah. She keeps hearing the the interns say blowhole. And she's like, don't ever talk again. Shut up forever. Uh, multiple times. And then when they make the joke in front of the patient, like pre-surgery, she loses her mind. She's like screaming at them. And that's when Mark comes out and like, he tells the interns to go away. And then he's like, do you need help? Because what is wrong with you? Like this, your emotions are getting in my way and I can't have this. Like I have been working too hard to make this happen and I don't need your feelings to come in and piss all over it. And she's like, so he tries to kick her off the case. And she's like, no, he needs me there. And she's like, well, he, well, Mark says, well, you can be there like before and after for his feelings, but you're not coming into my OR. He says, go get a fucking enema, Izzy Stevens. <laughs> and also worth noting, George sees that. And that's one yes. of the things where George is like, something's going on. Yeah. It is. It is. Um. <sighs> You see these over the top emotions. Izzy has no middle ground right now. It's either she's that's very true, like uh, very on one end sad, or very on one end intense rage filled. Like she's clearly yeah. going through all of these stages of grief, but there's no acceptance yet, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's 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 tough. And then it, one of the things that even stays with her that she talks about, I think, with the we go back to the Christina and Izzy scene is like she's like. Even Alex was saying the 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 blowhole nickname. Yeah. And that affects her. I think there's also this overlap with all doctor shows where you have to have a little bit of cynicism and like truly just a vast amount of dark humor to be able to get through the day. And we see it even in, in the later conversations with Weber and Derek of like, dude, shit sucks. This yeah. all sucks rational sane people really don't go into medicine there is a certain kind of mentality that you have to have to be able to survive this and izzy like just can't grapple with the fact that alex her boyfriend the person who she says she loves could even be one who's making these jokes as well but she doesn't yell at him not about Um, that yeah and so this so what happens with the patient is that, you know, they he has friends from the interwebs um, that are going to come and help him post-surgery, but they come early so that, you know, he knows he has a support system and he gets really mad because he doesn't want them to see the before. Um, he doesn't ever want them to, like, see what, you know, how he says, like, how ugly he is and, like, the monster or whatever. Um, because he, I guess, is afraid that they can't, they won't like stay his friend or whatever, or they'll be shitty. I don't know. Um, and so they come, he gets really mad and he kicks them out. And then that's when Mark says like, well, I can't do this if you don't have them. Like that's part of the deal. So you need to figure your shit out because I want to do this surgery. I was, Um, I was a little bit curious about that. If, if any of you listening out there have, have worked on, a surgery that requires or, or seen a case that requires like a lot of 
mental back end work and it's like a, a truly like this person's life is going to truly change a complete 180. It was interesting that Mark brings up the ethics board. He's like, the ethics board won't let me do this unless you have a support system. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. We've seen how the the wild facial surgery can affect like Ava, mm-hmm. Ava Rebecca. But yeah, I don't know. I just didn't understand fully how the ethics board would control that. It feels like something where ultimately it boils down to this, this, the, the uh, surgeon and the patient, but well, it I don't might know. Be I'm curious with, because it's such a new surgery. They might have to go through like all these hoops because it's not like a common surgery that's been done a lot before. Oh yeah. I didn't think Potentially, about that. Like they might just have to, there might be just more red tape about it because it's not, you know, it's not a lung transplant or something that you, that gets done all the time. Um, you know, and they're, they're, you know, has, they mentioned working with psych on it, you know, and going through all of that. And again, to, to, to your point of Ava, Rebecca, clearly, clearly needed some, some help going down. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it, it couldn't, uh, it can have pretty large ramifications. Um, so yeah, I think, um, it, I understand, you know, the idea, obviously I don't understand this, what this man has lived with, but the idea that you, you've seen people turn away from you for like your whole life and you have friends, um, and you don't want them to, to, you don't want to see them treat you the way that other people have treated you. So you are trying to like shield them, but also shield yourself from that potential hurt. Um, so that's where his anger comes in when he lashes out when they show up early. But the scene with Lexi being like, you know what? They're the ones that came here for you and they didn't turn away. You're the one that turned away. You're not even giving them the opportunity to show you that they can be good people. And obviously Izzy's in the room. This mirrors what she's going through. Um, she's not even giving, you know, her friends the opportunity to not be shitty and not call her Swiss cheese for brains. Uh, so that kind of helps her understand a different perspective as well. So, um, that's the parallel in the episode. Obviously. Yeah. So uh, I want to talk about, could I, unless there's anything else you wanted to say specifically about that, I wanted to talk about the scene where they come back. I was just going to say he met them on a chat room for people who really love orchids. Orchids are a very unique, um, flower. They are not the average... First of all, there's a wide variety of them. They take a little bit more care. They're they're very like they have they're very unique. Um, so that obviously reflects in the storyline. But yes, go ahead. So this scene is the scene that made me physically physically ill and emotional. Um, with with teary eyes that could water an orchid. <laughs> um, nice. So they they come back. Right. And he's clearly ashamed. We've we've gotten established all this backstory. I actually I must have missed the part of how it happened. So it was it was a burn out of his control. And then he's going through all of this this shit in his life because of this now. Um, First off, the fact that they came back, I was like, oh, dagger fucking friends because they they owe him nothing. There's, yeah. I'm trying to put my mind into the space of meeting someone in an online chat room back in the 
mid to late 2000s. Yeah. There's no personal connection. There's, or sorry, there's no in-personal connection. There is a personal connection, but it's not in-person. It's not physical. So they come in. Right. And he kind of has this moment where, like, he's turning to them, calling himself ugly. And the older woman says, do not, do not call my friend ugly. Yeah. And they start to kind of go through these, these, these scars and they're likening it to different breeds uh, or different species of orchids. And that's when I start getting emotional. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're like, they're, they're easing his mind by seeing the beauty in what he's gone through. Yeah. Um, and they're then bringing when, it back to the thing that connects them all. Yes. And they, then when she leans over and she goes to kiss him on like his cheek or his forehead, like on, on, on the side, um, and he kind of like half turns away and she still leans in and it's like, gosh, it's, it is just so, it's just such a wild scene and great acting and great backstory. And they don't like force, they don't, fo- nothing in this episode, they're forcing down your throat to feel bad for this person. It's all very nuanced. He has kind of like Seth Green did. He has kind of like this jovial attitude that recognizes like I'm in front of doctors. They're doing their job. Like I'm going to joke around a little bit like it's fine. But deep down, clearly I have this intense, deep seated resentment to myself and feelings of that, that those ugliness. Right. So to see it all come out and that be the end of it. And then we get that that scene. um, you know, cutting out, coming out after that, where we 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 will we'll get to that in, in just a second. But like, they're with, they're with him post surgery, and they're like, "My friend has earned this. Let me let him see himself, his new yeah. life, and we're here together." Um, but it's sad. He likens himself to a a dead, dying, terrible orchid that is just shitty and ugly, and people wouldn't know and understand what it's been through and what's shaped it, and. Right off the bat, when she said, don't call my friend ugly, fuck you, Shonda, fuck you, writers, fuck you Mm -hmm. all for an incredible, incredible journey that you've put us on. Yeah. That's a very good storyline. And it does have, like, the medical impact of being a huge deal, but also, like, the emotional impact. Also, when she leans in to give him a little kiss on the forehead... Like, he says he doesn't have family. This accident happened to him, like, 12 years ago. So the the idea that he's had basically any physical contact with someone other than a doctor is probably, like, none. Yeah. So this is the first, like, moment that he's had that in 12 years, which is also heartbreaking. Um, but, yeah, it's a very good storyline. I don't know why that one line, please don't call my dear friend ugly, has, like, stuck with me for so long and that woman is just like a sweet sweet little angel lady um and just really like it's like very motherly to him and she's like we we are here because we're your friend this is we know you it doesn't matter what you look like because we know you and we care for you yeah. We flew across the country to be here to help you with surgery. Which still is so fucking wild to me. Yeah. And and he he does obviously go through it's understandable, but he has this dick moment where he's like, You're strangers to me. Get the fuck away from me. And we're yeah. like, You're friends. 
you have clearly had relationship with each other over the internet for how many years now yeah. at this point? So yeah, it, it goodness, goodness, fuck this episode is just so good. Um, and then that end scene where Mark's like, "Don't speak," but also let me go ahead and take this wrap off your face because you deserve to see it. Yeah. I mean, he says then, he's like, this isn't what it's going to look like. It's still swollen and red, but like, yeah, you can, you can see it. Yeah. And the guy, like the emotion that when he's like, he has a face again. Yeah. Like, ugh. So he, nice. it, it, putting yourself in the mental mind sp- mindset of someone who's gone through that, like you don't even feel like a person anymore. And to yeah. have up, like we, people talk about the soul. Like, fuck, mm. dude, the face, so much emotion, so much character, yeah. so much of a person is in their face. Well, and you and think now, like, a lot of the, the resources we have now didn't exist in tw- uh, 2009. Right. So, like, now it would be so easy to completely isolate yourself and, like, literally never leave your home because you have, like, Instacart, DoorDash, all that stuff. In that time, you didn't have that. So he was still going to have to go out and get all of his stuff. So he's going to have these reactions from people. Um, And... Yeah. So it's, it's sad. Um, but, uh, also wanted to talk about in the surgery where Hunt and Alex are like getting the donor face and they, Alex is like, Oh, can you imagine like, you know, you're walking down the street and you see like your dead brother's face on somebody else's body and, uh, Hunt and Weber like, well, not really because you know, the underlying bone structure is different and Hunt is like, also, it's not just a face. Like, there's so much more that makes a person look a way that they they look. You know, their yeah. eyes, their demeanor, their style. Like, the donor's family wouldn't recognize this face. Yeah. Like, that's interesting. It's an interesting point. Yeah. But yeah. It's also worth noting that in between all of those scenes, you get, like, a couple of sweet moments with Lexi and Mark. Yes. And... But the interns are just like are being ruthless. assholes. It's a shitty episode for the they're fucking being interns. Assholes about the patient. They're being assholes about Lexi and Mark, and they're not being secretive about either of those things. None. They're I like, will let's say, just be blatant about our shittiness. Well, also to each other. Like they're just yeah. fucking uh, infighting, you know. <laughs> um, but I will say, up until this point. I have not felt like there was any favoritism with Mark and Lexi. Mm-hmm. I did feel like maybe putting the face on is something that a first year intern <laughs> maybe shouldn't have gotten to do. Also, when he kicked Izzy off of the surgery, he didn't replace her with another resident. Yeah. It was just Lexi. Here's the thing with Mark. Anything he does is going to feel like favoritism because he hates interns. So like, yes, he's giving her the opportunity to earn it by like asking her questions. And yes, she's getting the questions right. And she's doing a good job. She knows her shit. She's killing it. She's killing it. Like ask any of the other intern the questions. So that's the issue. Like, but like, yeah, they're just blatantly like side eyeing, and in the surgery, they're like in the gallery, like, Ooh. Oh right, my God. like fucking toddlers, yeah, assholes. Um, and so yeah, there is, you know, Lexi says that they are in a hostile environment, but they it doesn't like the interns think that he's taking advantage of her and she's using him to get ahead, but it doesn't matter, and like they'll survive, they can adapt and survive the hostile. So at the end, he. 
like walks over to her and she's like, fuck it. I'm just going to go all in. They're going to talk about me. Let's fucking give them something to talk about. I don't even give a shit anymore. Yeah. Lays a fat old 10 out of 10 also, smooch. Also, right she on does him. that and he's like, Dr. Gray? Like, what's <laughs> <Doc>? happening? <laughs> Do I address you? What are we doing? This was not discussed previously. Yeah. Dr. Gray, you naughty, naughty girl. What do we do from here now? But yeah, like uh, the interns are yeah. being like, oh, she probably quizzed him in bed last night. Oh, she gets to go on blowhole because she gave Sloan a blowjob. Uh. Maybe, up. but like, she's Who's also fucking, fucking smart as shit. Yeah. She also is good at this. And you guys are pieces of garbage. <laughs> yeah like literally just fucking around it, it, we'll talk about that in the next in the next episode but i i also wanted to end with this because this this had me like thinking through were izzy not izzy were um christina and burke and Derek and meredith secretive for longer because i feel like the Lexi and mark thing has been a secret for so long partly because mark was keeping it a secret from Derek. Mm-hmm. Did we did we have to resign ourselves to so much secrecy, or was there? Am I remembering that? I wrong? think I'm Christina a hard and time Burke were a through. secret for a long time. Um, Meredith and Derek, more people knew for sure, but I think the interns knew. But and then Bailey found out, and Bailey was like mad about it, and so she was being mean. And then Bailey was also mad about the Christina and Burke thing with the, when she erased her from the board. I don't know. It was like a lot, but Burke went to the chief and was like, we're together, whatever. Christina didn't want him to. Right. Um, and the whole Derek and Meredith thing was like, I think it trickled out a little bit more. It wasn't really like a secret. Cause like the interns knew about it. Um, and then like Weber figured it out. But with obviously like with Mark and Lexi, everyone knows because Derek and Mark had a fucking fist fight about it in the hospital. Right. So. Yeah, I think Christina and Burke had a more solid secret for a while. That's what I was trying to think of. um, Did we have anything else to say on these storylines before we break it up for the next episode? No, no, I think I think this is a good ending point. Uh, And and Kelsey, what? What uh, what are we going to do next episode to kick off? What, what, what should we do? We're going to start with everybody's favorite segment. 